Welcome to Wise TV, your source for women in sports entertainment. I'm your host, Amber. Join me as we meet women from all walks of life who are making an impact both on and off the playing field. Don't forget to find yeah, us yeah. on Instagram at wisetv.2020 yeah, yeah, yeah. to find yeah, yeah. current episodes yeah, yeah. and get sneak peeks yeah, of our yeah. upcoming guests. You yeah, won't yeah, want to yeah, miss yeah, what we have yeah. coming. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am so glad to have you joining us today. We have a very special guest with us. Um, you know, some of our guests have busy lives outside of the world of sport. And so this has been a guest that I have had to work a little bit to pin down, but I promise she is going to be worth the wait. So without further ado from me, I want to introduce our guest, Ariane, today. If you'd like to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of our chat today. Sure. Well, thank you for having me on, Amber. And I appreciate you being flexible as I work through life on my end. Um, as you said, my name is Ariane Allen and I work for USA Track and Field. I am the Associate Director of Partnerships there. And so I work with all of our sponsors um, from really from um, ideation to execution of the contract to fulfillment. Um, so that's, that's pretty much what I do there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's been really interesting. All of our guests um, have some pretty interesting things happening in life right now. And so uh, even in the midst of, we are recording right now during the midst of um, adjustments that life has caused us to all make for coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, and even in the midst of that, we see some sparks of regularity, some moments of joy, some times of celebration, um, and then just some regular day-to-day -day life still has to go on things. And so it's been really fascinating to see that happen. Ariana, I want to backtrack a little bit. So you told us a little bit about what it is that you do now, but I want to back up a little bit because you were a student athlete. And I would love for you to talk to us a little bit about um, your experience as a student athlete, kind of how you got started in athletics, where you ended up, um, and a little bit about your journey there. Sure. So, yes, I was a student athlete. Um, I ran for Hampton University. Um, I have been running summer track, um, or I ran summer track in middle school, and then I was got serious um, about track and field in high school. I actually had to um, I made the varsity basketball team and my mother set me down and she said, you know what, I, I don't think that you're going to be able to do both. At this point, you need to decide what you're going to do. Um, and basketball for me was a was a sport to condition for track and field. So it was a no brainer for me. I was always faster than the ball anyway. So <laughs> I, I decided to um, choose track and field as my primary sport. Um, and I also played volleyball. So those worked out because they were kind of, um, uh, they weren't, um, they weren't, um, one after the other. So right. volleyball was in the fall and then I started, um, track in, in the winter and spring, um, mm -hmm. depending on, you know, if it was indoor track or, or not. Um, and I did run indoor track one year in high school, which I went to high school in South Carolina. Um, and so, there was no real indoor tr uh, track and field season. I was invited to um, a an invitational indoor, and that was my first taste of indoor track and field in high school. 
Um, and so from there, I got a track scholarship um, to attend uh, Hampton University. I was recruited heavily out of high school, but always knew I wanted to attend an HBCU and mm-hmm. actually Howard University offered me my first full scholarship. And um, and I actually picked Hampton over Howard uh, because Hampton, uh, they won. And <laughs> I wanted to be a part of a winning team. And that coach was very, um, he was, he was very sorry. That's okay. He was, he was very um, persistent in allowing me to, here you go, Langston. Everybody, that's my son, Langston. He's four. He was thirsty. He needed a water break. Um, So the coach was very persistent and allowed me the opportunity to come and talk to the girls that were on the team. I meshed well with them. So I selected um, Hampton University as the school that um, I ran track for. So um, it eventually all came full circle. Um, I started. um, And so, like I said, I, I ran summer track went, uh, got, um, got a scholarship in high school, mm-hmm. ran for Hampton university. And then I went to grad school at, um, IU. Okay. At IU, uh, my degree was in athletic administration. Okay. And, um, leaving IU, that was 2008. The economy was pretty bad. Um, and so I had been applying for internships everywhere and got nervous. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have a master's degree and no job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a call from NASCAR. And so at, from NASCAR, um, there was a guy by the name of Brandon Thompson who interviewed me. Um, and he called me back the following week and told me I got the internship. I was elated. Um and it took so much pressure off of me because I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the internship. It was an amazing experience. The internship um, was was in the series operations department. Um, and basically, it's kind of like game day. It would be like game day operations. Um, and so at NASCAR, there's the winning circle when when. Um, the driver wins, he goes into this circle and they do something called the hat dance where he puts on different hats. He or she puts mm-hmm. on different hats um, of the sponsors. Uh, and so I worked on various things in that department, got a lot of practical experience. And then from there, um, heard about uh, a very unique opportunity called Revolution Racing, where um, it was a startup race team that was for um, minority and women athletes. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. So um, I was, I I had talked to Brandon probably the last week of my internship. And I said, Brandon, I really need, um, if, if there's an opportunity for me to work here, you know, Mm -hmm. in some capacity, let me know. I'm still looking for a job. And so Really, it was a weird transition because what ended up happening was I worked for uh, for NASCAR 
a little bit after, probably three to four months after the internship was over and what they call, um, they had a college tour. And so I managed the college tour and it went to different HBCUs um, around the country teaching um, the sport of NASCAR. Um, And so that was really cool um, to do. And and it didn't pay anything, but it was fine. Like it was my Mm -hmm. door and I got to travel. I think I got like a little travel stipend. And then from there, I went to Revolution Racing. Um, And at Revolution Racing, I actually started as their receptionist with the understanding that if you all ever have a a marketing opportunity available, please Mm -hmm. consider me first. And Mm -hmm. that's what they did. So I was probably a receptionist for a couple months before they signed on their first sponsor, um, which was the U.S. Army. And from there, I, um, I, I managed that account for mm-hmm. the race team. Um, the owner of the race team, his name is Max Siegel. Um, he transitioned the business, the marketing side of the business to um, a marketing agency here in Indianapolis. So okay. that's how I ended up in Indianapolis. Um, and I was working for the marketing agency for about a year and a half. And he then interviewed for a job at USA Track and Field. Um, at the time, I they were one of our clients. Mm-hmm. We worked uh, we worked with them on several marketing um, initiatives that they had at the time. We had other we had other clients, but they were um, probably you know they were our priority. Sure. Um, like I said, he applied for the CEO position there was asked to interview for the CEO CEO position there um, because he served on the board of directors for some years prior. Okay. He got the job and then he said, Hey, there's this position that's open. You would be a great person, a great fit. I think you should look at it. Um, so I interviewed for the position, got the job and everything comes full circle in life. So I ran track um, you know, was introduced through, uh, to Max, um, by the sport of NASCAR. And mm-hmm. from there, um, now I work at USA track and field and I've, really- I've held several positions at USA track and field, but now I'm pretty much back where I started as far as my background in partnerships and sponsorships. So. That's so interesting. I mean, it's the, you've kind of been racing your whole, your whole time, haven't you? You kind of been, whether you're physically racing or there are cars on the track or bodies on the track, you have been connected to racing this whole time. That's a really, really interesting path. I think it's interesting that you pointed out that you started um, with Revolution as a receptionist. And so it maybe wasn't necessarily your ideal position, right? I'm certain that you didn't go to graduate school with the thought that you would end up working as a receptionist. Um, And so was there... I mean, outside of just knowing that you wanted to be connected to that organization, excuse me, um, you know, how was it kind of taking on that position, knowing that that wasn't necessarily what you had prepared for all that time? So I've always had the outlook of um, you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because my mother was like, what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> you have a master's degree. You are moving. I mean, I left some some you know some details out of 
that that long story of of where I where I am now. But she lived in South Carolina, and I moved home while I was doing the NASCAR tour and worked worked for the net worked on the tour and also at Dillard's. And so, you know, once you have that sense of freedom, you've gone to college. I went to grad school. I've been on my own now for you know five years. To move mm-hmm. back home, that just wasn't an option for me. Mm-hmm. So as soon as an opportunity presented itself for me to get my foot in the door, it was a no-brainer for me. You know, I knew that this wasn't, it was just a stepping stone. This wasn't mm-hmm. my fate. Um, you know, I gave myself a timeline and figured, you know, hey, I'm going to do this for this long. And if nothing pans out, I mean, what's worst case scenario, I move back home and I'll start all over again. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my mindset going into um, that situation uh, with, you know, as, as, as a receptionist. Um, and I, and I have to point out, you know, when you're in those situations um, and I call it a situation, it, it's an opportunity. Yes. Um, when, when you have those type of opportunities, you should take them and make the best of them. So I always tell everybody, you know, I was the best receptionist. I knew how to be um, sure. at the time. You know, I took out the trash. I swept the floor. I did. I did my duties above and beyond. Um, you know, and and I think that's how you should always handle those types of opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the themes that I've really been trying to pull out in this podcast. So with the understanding that some of our listeners are women who are currently students, either as undergraduates or graduates and studying sport management or sport administration or something along those lines and thinking about opportunity, many times we see that women are not necessarily exposed to, introduced to, or welcome to opportunities in a direct path when it comes to sport. And so one of the themes that our guests have really kind of been reiterating, and I'm so glad that you said it again, is to take advantage of opportunities as they come and use everything and be able to leverage it um, or be able to take something and pivot into what it is that you want to do. But you have to have, you know, at least a ledge to jump off of. And so I love that you shared that part of your story um, and, and that you talked about how, you know, you did that to the best of your ability. And clearly there was someone who was in a position to see the work that you were doing and take note of that and to then pull you in when it was time to make a shift to that next level. Absolutely. And, and those skills, you know, those skills are transferable. You, you, you can't teach hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's just something that, you know, if you want it, it's innate, you, you do the work. Um, you can't, you can't cheat the system. So and and I've always known that. And I think that comes from obviously being an athlete. Absolutely. Um, you know, so. Absolutely. Well, you stole my thunder because that was definitely going to be my next question was, did you feel like some of those skills and that, um, you know, that's nature and spirit of kind of hard work and committing your all to the task comes from being a student athlete, at least partially. I think some things are just innate parts of your character and makeup, but certainly the practice and the time that you've put in kind of is a training ground for those next steps. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I think that, you know, the hard work, and like I said, you, you can't, you, there aren't any shortcuts. So mm-hmm. you have to do the work. Um, 
you know, every race isn't going to be your best race and that's transferable every day (laughs) and the office isn't going to be your best day. You wake up and you try to do it all over again and maybe you change something about how you executed, um, you know, a race, you change something about your day. Um, and so, yeah, there are lots of transferable skills and, um, things that I've learned as an athlete that I definitely apply to my professional life every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us a little bit. Let's backtrack. Talk to us a little bit about NASCAR. That is um, certainly a part of your journey that I was not aware of. But it was interesting because I noticed you caught yourself, you were talking about in the winter circle and you talked about men and then you caught yourself when you said men and women. Um, when you think of NASCAR, that's not a space where you immediately connect women. Did you feel like women had um, equal representation in NASCAR or did you see areas where uh, teams such as Revolution Racing were working to include women and minorities? Or did you see it that it was kind of just very singular? Was there areas of opportunity did you see the work being done to really change the narrative there? Sure. So, um, yes, I I would definitely say that there was room for them to grow in the area of, in the areas of inclusion and diversity and, you know, representation um, across the board. And that's exactly why I wanted that opportunity. So Mm -hmm. for me, a part of, you know, taking that receptionist job was just being in an environment that I thought was very unique and something that was like, in, in my opinion, like, oh, this is cutting edge. Like, I would love to be a part of something like this. So, you know, and at the time, it didn't really matter in what shape or form, because I knew it wasn't, as I said, like my fate, this is a stepping stone. But while I'm here, I can soak up everything and help out where I can, because they were just starting up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember um, or if your listeners uh, that. So um, there was a um, there was a BET reality show called Changing Lanes, um, and it was based on Revolution Racing. And so um, Max Siegel kind of pitched that to the network, and they taped while I was there, and that was such a great experience for me. Um, just seeing, uh, just merging the world of sport and entertainment, mm-hmm. um, you know, and telling that story of, you know, he, he's an African-American, Max Siegel. I mean, his, his, his last name is, is a Jewish last name. His, his father was Jewish. His mother was African-American. Um, mother is actually from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. um, but he, you know, that, that was part of the reason why he pitched that story. Um, was to, you know, allow people to understand the sport of NASCAR and how inclusive it can be. Um, so that 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 was my reality of the sport. Um, you know, women drivers, um, young young women drivers. We had one girl who was 16 from California, moved across the country to race and pursue her dream. Oh wow. Um, so it was very inspiring the entire time I was there, um, working with the athletes, um, and 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 working with and for Max. And actually, the guy I, I mentioned him by name, Brandon Thompson, mm-hmm. because um, he left NASCAR, and it was 
just Brandon and myself and Max um, at the time on on the on the business side of things. Um, and now he's back at NASCAR and he was just promoted to the vice president of diversity and inclusion. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So my path is unique um, and I've seen growth in NASCAR. Um, I also know Bubba Wallace or Daryl sure. Wallace Jr., um, he raced for for Max, and he he raced for Revolution Racing. It's now Rev Racing, um, <clears throat> but at the time it was Revolution Racing. So there've been a lot of things that I've seen and have been exposed to, um, you know, as a as a young adult or as a young or you know a, a junior executive, I guess um, mm-hmm. you could say um, that you know helped mold me um, into the the person or the, the, the business person that I am today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you, you know, have the benefit of living in the intersection. I I think some people call it a challenge. I call it a benefit of living in the intersection of being black and being a woman. And so not only, you know, do we have the bubble Wallace's in racing, but we also, you know, hate her or love her fan or no Danica Patrick certainly, I think changed the face of NASCAR racing for many, many people. Um, and in a space where you didn't see women, you didn't see women um, competing at the level that she was competing. You know, certainly there were those that were contenders, but to be coming in and be favored for races and, you know, winning and things like that, that just wasn't something that was anticipated or expected. And so we we live in an interesting time where uh, it's kind of unfortunate that these are the first, but it's also great that we're seeing that, you know, these are some of the first that were you know, having a benefit of witnessing. Uh, and of course, our, our broadcast is women in sports entertainment. And so uh, I think it's worth, you know, mentioning her in the conversation and, and women like her in the conversation as well. Absolutely. So now we're at USA Track and Field. And so really same or similar question for you there, a little bit different. Um, in that space, do you feel like women are fairly represented, um, have an equal voice in your current industry? organization. Absolutely. Um, of all of the NGBs, which is, um, in sports, we use lots of acronyms, NGB, Mm -hmm. national governing bodies of all national, national governing bodies, USA track and field is probably the the most diverse across the board. Um, our CFO, our, well, our COO is a woman, an African-American woman. Our CFO is, is a woman. Our CMO is a woman. Um, our, our CEO is an African-American man. Um, and we have, I mean, from top down, a, a very diverse group of professionals um, within USA Track and Field. And so, yes, I definitely would say that we are um, representative of, you know, from race, gender, just across the board, we we have um, lots of representation um, from from everybody, um, and it, it it's been a great experience because th- women and men do lead differently, um, and and you know to see, you know to be a, a part of some of those conversations where, you know, he may say something, and he meaning just a uh, just he in general. He Mm -hmm. may say something and then she may say something else and, you know, he makes her think and she makes him think. That's a great, (laughs) that's a great um, dialogue um, and discussion to watch and have um, 
and, and it's important uh, to to have that type of diversity and inclusion and equality across the board. Yeah, and I think that's the key is is those that DEI that we hear we see. Um, organizations implementing new roles that focus on diversity, equity, inclusion. And so to see it in action, uh, I imagine is refreshing and really freeing to know that you're valued and you don't have to prove yourself, but that you're valued and respected as the individual that you are and what you bring to the table, representative of all of those different groups that you inclusively are a part of. So that's amazing. Um, and it sounds like it's been intentional. So you don't end up with that many people in the C-suite that represent diverse backgrounds without some intention. Um, so it sounds like it has been intentional on the part of USA Track and Field for sure. Yes. And I, you're right. I, I believe that it's been intentional. Um, and, and for that, for that very reason, you know, that I said, you know, it's, it's almost, you can't have, um, I mean, you can, <laughs> you can have an organization with, without those, um, without those, what you what you call it, DEI, uh-huh. you can have it without that book. But what does that mean? You know, what type of organization do you have? Right. Um, and so, yes, they have, they've been intentional about that. And along with the training that has gone, you know, that, that goes with that um, and, and professional development, you know, not that it's required, but it's definitely encouraged. So, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate that. So that's a good point that you bring up about professional development, because I want to talk to you next about people that are considering a career in your field. So they're thinking, I want to work for a national governing body. I want to work for, um, you know, NCAA. I want to work for you know, whatever organization that may be not a specific team, but a, an organization that represents multiple teams or multiple athletes. Um, do you have maybe some words of wisdom or some thoughts that someone considering a career in that direction should be mindful of and should keep at the forefront as they're making those decisions and those choices? Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, knowing, having some type of idea of, the career path that you want to take, whether it's marketing or if you're, um, if, if it's, uh, social media is really huge in, mm-hmm. in what we do, um, you know, in what I do from a, from a sponsorship standpoint. Um, so I work with our comms team a lot. So, you know, whether it's PR or IT or, um, events, just kind of having some idea of what you want to do. And even if you don't, requesting those informational interviews with, with people. Um, you know, we live in a world of, you know, where everything is at our fingertips. So simply Googling, you know, to see you know, who, who from this organization can I talk to and reach out to them um, and ask them questions. I always encourage um, people also to apply for internships. USA Track and Field actually has a very robust internship program um, where we we actually pay our interns um, and provide like help with housing and um, and and they're a really close cohort. Okay. Same, you know, with NASCAR, when I if if it hadn't been for NASCAR, I'm not really sure where I would be because that mm-hmm. was kind of the st- the jump start of my career. So I am uh, very um, 
pro internships. Um, you, you have to have that practical experience under your belt um, in order to, um, you know, to know what what kind of path or direction you want to want to move uh, forward with. Mm-hmm. And I would say once you have the internship, making sure that you leave a positive lasting impression. I always used to tell my interns, um, and, and it's so funny, I've probably had over 50 and I have a favorite. And he, <laughs> he is my, he's actually from Indianapolis too. I've had them from all over the country. And he, he was my favorite because he always came in with a fresh, brand new idea. I have you ever thought about this? Well, what, a, well, what, what about this? Or he was very inquisitive and asked, you know, the whys at the appropriate times. Um, and he actually now works for the Chicago Bulls. Okay. Um, he well, he had an internship with the Chicago Bulls, and now he works for ESPN. My apologies. Um, so yeah, once 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 you get your foot in the door, you leave a lasting impression, and and you stay in contact. I still know what he's doing. Um, you know, I corrected myself because I I remember he did have he had an internship with the Bulls, but now he's at ESPN. So you know, he keeps in contact with me. Um, and some, I have other interns that, or previous interns that, that do the same. So, um, that would be, you know, my advice. No, I think that's great. I mean, you know, it certainly speaks to the value of, you know, again, those opportunities, but also of really maintaining those relationships. So, you know, sometimes we'll get in a position and we're able to cultivate a relationship. Some people are very good about quickly building rapport with individuals, making those connections, kind of breaking down barriers, but it's much more difficult to maintain um, the closeness and the, the relationship and the contact. And so I think that that speaks to, you know, the way that, you know, kind of the how you maneuver once you get into the job. It's not enough to get there um, and it's not enough to stay there, but also the impression that you leave when you depart from there is so important. So I think that's spot on. That's great. Well, we're coming close to the end of our time. I have one more question. Um, someone argue it is the most important and the most difficult. Everyone I've talked to said this is the most difficult question. So brace yourself. Uh, but my question for you is, if you could pick one individual connected to sport, whether it's an athlete, a broadcaster, a coach, whomever, that would be a favorite or a role model, who would that be and why? Hmm. So I, I, have, I <laughs> yeah, I have many people that I've been um, blessed, um, many, many athletes, coaches, um, and mentors mm-hmm. um, that I've that I've had the opportunity to work with or um, you know be their mentee. I if I had to pick one person, I think that person would be um, Jackie Joyner Kersey. Okay, and I've worked with her, and she is one of the sweetest people and most decorated. Olympic athletes um, that I, that I've had the opportunity to meet and work with, um, but her spirit is kind. She's a very kind woman um, and very humble, and so I, I probably would choose would choose her. Like she she's an amazing woman, just 
inside and out. Um, and that, awesome. that, yeah, that, that was a hard, that was hard, but yes. The hardest question, I told you, it's the hardest question all day. It's the one that everyone gets, uh, you know, a little bit mad at me because I don't warn you before I ask it, but I think we get the most genuine responses that way. And we've had some really good answers. And I think you have made an excellent selection, certainly a legend. And it sounds like you have met her personally and know her personally and everything that we see is, is true. And so it's not a facade or a front, but that is the true and genuine individual um, yeah. Both on on TV and off. I have a I have a quick 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 story about her. Um, so I started um, when I started at USA Track and Field. I was associate director of youth programs, and my 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 responsibilities were to um, work with cities across the country to host our national championships, and we had some international championships as well, um, that I, that I managed. And so this particular summer, it was 2012 and we were in, she's, she's from St. Louis and we were in, um, we were in, in Missouri. No, we were, we were in Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois and the, the athletes were staying or the young athletes that made this international team. It was like 50 of them mm-hmm. they were staying at, um, at off campus near um, St. Louis. So that's, that's where she's from. But there was some issue in the communication um, between one of the volunteers and um, in, in our office. And so the, the athletes ended up in these athletes, they were there, they were like between the ages of 14 and 16 a lot of them hadn't been away from home. We were getting ready to travel to Ukraine. Okay. And, and so, you know, I'm I'm managing this process, but uh, to be frank, he kind of threw a wrench in it. And so I reached out to Jackie Joyner-Kersey um, for several things. One, I wanted her to talk to the athletes about how to conduct themselves when they're away from home in an international setting representing the, you know, America, representing mm-hmm. USA. And so she did that for me. And we had a candid conversation. She was like, you know, these kids are here. And she was really excited to 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 talk to them. And I I gave her a little taste of what I I was managing on the back end, trying to make sure, you know, that they had somewhere to stay, food, all of that. Mm -hmm. She came through and with boxes of fruit and vegetables and like sandwiches and fed them the entire time that they were there and and talked to them. She brought her medals. She t- she let them hold them. Um, she was amazing. She was she was amazing. And and in doing you know in doing so, she helped me mm-hmm. and to talk to a legend. So yeah, um, I've never forgotten that. And ever since then, whenever I see her, we laugh about it because it was it was a very stressful time for me. In my um, but she's she's an amazing person. Wow, that's incredible. And just pouring into those young people who I'm sure probably tell the story. Their story probably sounds a little bit different than yours, but I'm certain are probably telling a story about that same time, even today. And this is what, eight years later, but that's incredible. Wow. 
I would say you're lucky, but I know that it's a result of the hard work that you've done and just being downright blessed. So I won't even be jealous about it. (laughs) Well, Ariane, thank you so much for joining us today. You have been truly a delight. I'm so glad we got to get you on the broadcast. And I know that our listeners will be happy to have had this time with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And like I said, being flexible, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you and share my story. Of course, of course. Thank you for joining us as we featured another phenomenal woman today for Wise TV, your one-stop shop for women in sports entertainment. Don't forget to follow us online at wisetv.2020. We'll see you on the next.